Hello there, paperweight people. We have a great show for you today, but first I get to take a moment and tell you about Bebop's. Brittany's Brick Oven Pizza is a mom-and-pop pizza shop located at 2034 Lanier Drive in Madison, Indiana, and they happen to be the sponsor of this episode. Stop by today to enjoy a delicious pizza featuring handmade dough and sauces, fresh toppings, all cooked to perfection in a brick oven. Also, try one of Susan's homemade desserts and treat yourself to a local wine or beer. On a personal note, Bebop's is my family's favorite pizza place. I'm partial to the Chicken Bacon Ranch while my wife can't get enough of the Boss Hog Barbecue. Call 812-274-3337 or stop by Bebop's today and tell them that Paperweight sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. Grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Hoskins. Once again, the glue, my good friend and yours, Mr. Ian Torrance, is still on his very long vacation. We can't wait for him to get back, but that's all right, because we have a very special guest. We have, returning to the show for the first time in a long time, Matt, a.k.a. Bumpkins. Matt, how are you doing, buddy? Thank you for uh, for hopping on with me. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. I, I, you know, you reached out and said, hey, do you want to talk about this? I'm like, heck yeah, I'll talk about what we're going to talk about any day of the week. I love it. Awesome. Thank you so much again. We, uh, so not to, not to, you know, keep you all in suspense. We're going to talk about some comic books tonight and we're going to focus on DC and their initiative that they're pushing right now for this entire year, Dawn of DC. Uh, Excuse me. Matt, you are an avid collector of comics. Um, you are a an incredibly knowledgeable person on the, well. in, the in the industry and all things. I love I love watching your videos and and hearing your breakdowns. Oh, um, so, were you excited going? Actually, before we before I ask you a question, for anybody that doesn't know what Dawn of DC is, it's basically a an initiative that DC has put out that is kind of revamping their their storytelling they brought all new creatives on on new books they started a bunch of books at new at number ones it's not necessarily a reboot so much as it is just a new jumping on point for new fans and uh and so so my question to you to start things off is before it started were you excited about the notion of them doing this kind of jumping on point for new fans uh definitely because they because of the books they announced mm-hmm. um you know because uh, you know the last couple years dc has just been drowning in batman yes uh a couple of superman um but mostly just batman bat family a few things here and there but um you know like the the, the classics the you know, green lantern green arrow like where are their books and then when they announced dawn of dc and they announced the books it's when they showed the titles that's when i got super excited because i was like holy cow we're getting a we're getting a new superman um we're getting green arrow green lantern doom patrol uh a couple of batman books under this banner but not you know nothing too uh too outlandish um, you know, then later on they announced Shazam and Hot Girl, Steelworks. Uh, I was like, oh man, finally, you know, we're we're they're 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 taking some of their eggs out of the Batman basket, and I got really really excited. Yeah, I I did too. I uh, I kind of it it took me by surprise because 
I've talked about it on uh, on some other platforms. I don't know that I've really talked about it on here before that I haven't bought an ongoing DC title in years. And, uh, you know, I, I only buy a couple of titles on, on Marvel. I do everything else digitally for, mm-hmm. you know, space saving, money saving sure. and things like that. And I haven't been impressed with DC for quite a long time. You know, Green Lantern's my favorite DC character. And I haven't bought a Green Lantern comic book since the second issue of Grant Morrison's run on Green Lantern. Okay. And so what is that? A couple of years ago now? Oh, man, it was more Maybe than three, that. I'd three, say. three or four. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I which, which like Green Lantern's your favorite? Which one? Uh, Kyle. Kyle Rayner's my okay. favorite, which is a real bummer because he is nowhere to be seen right now. Uh, not yet <laughs> I, I, yeah. I hope that they bring him bring him in it's a actually he's in the most recent issue of doom patrol was he in doom patrol i'm gonna yeah have, him I'm and guy gardner both okay good and i know that they're doing something i just uh like i i just picked up uh green lantern number one physically i'd have read it digitally mm-hmm. already but i just picked that up yesterday to, to have i'm officially collecting that um but i wasn't really it, it wasn't on my radar and I'd seen something that you had posted on TikTok and kind of and I went to uh, to my local shop and I saw that they had a Superman number one. And I've been yeah. getting more and more into Superman lately. And uh, I was like, well, all right, it's a new number one. You know, everything looks I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I picked it up. I absolutely loved it and put it on my pull list immediately. And I've read every issue of it. And so after reading that first issue of Superman, I kind of looked into, okay, well, what is Dawn of DC? What are they doing? And I think that it's a great idea that one, they're not doing another like reboot of the entire universe. I don't think that that works, even though new 52 worked for me as a fan, because I liked some of the stories that they told. I don't think it works overall and there's no long-term sustainability. And so I think this is a much better way to bring in new, new readers um, instead of trying to do a reboot. Then, uh, uh, so to ask you that as well, do you think that this is a better plan for them that can be something that sustains more fans coming in instead of the flashy idea of like rebooting an entire universe? Absolutely. Like uh, anytime I talk about Donna DC, um, I always see somebody say, oh, is this another reboot? And that's the thing, I, you know, I, no, this is absolutely positively not a reboot. Nothing's getting reset. No continuity is being undone. Nothing. It's simply a publishing initiative to put the focus on the characters themselves instead of flashy events, instead of reboots and instead of just Batman. Right. So uh, even though they don't say that, but that's just how I feel because of the number of non Batman books there are. So um, I feel like they, you know, honestly what I feel like is for the first time since before the new 52, which started in 2011, I feel like DC finally, figured it out and they finally got it right. And, uh, and you know, like, I wish I could just like find whoever's responsible and say, you finally got it right. Just stay the course, just keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing and you're good. Now I know we have the, uh, the night terrors event mm-hmm. that starts in July, uh, and it's taking over everything. So all through, all through July, all through August, everything is night terrors. All the main books are going, are, are pausing, and you're getting a bunch of night terror books. I still don't feel like that's this big, huge, major event, though. Mm-hmm. It's it's a thing they're doing for a couple of months. If you don't want to, if you're not interested, you can just like give your wallet a break for a couple months. Right. But then when that's over, they're bringing it all back. So you know it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I I, I feel like they finally got it right. You you don't like you said you don't need to reboot. Uh, it's a great starting place for everybody. Uh, and they didn't need to reboot. They just 
found some great creative teams. Mm -hmm. They figured out which which characters are well liked and classic, but don't have their own books, and then just you know hit the ground running. Yeah, so I, I think they've they've knocked it out of the park. Every almost every Dawn of DC book that I've read has been a home run for me. Yeah, everyone that I've read, I've enjoyed. Now I haven't read all of them, um, but what I love so much about it, and that I think is working to the extent of what they wanted to do, is I've been able to pick up on characters that I haven't read in a long, long time, and mm. and go right with it. Superman number one, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. Yeah, uh, the Superboy, uh, Man of Tomorrow, I think is what it's called. I love the Connor Kent Superboy. He's my favorite. Oh yeah, Superboy. yeah. And and I love that they, they've gone back to kind of the old school costume. There's a throwaway line saying, oh, I, this is what happened to me before this. And I never felt lost. Yeah. And so it's a great starting point. And then also characters like like John Kent. I haven't read John Kent since he was like w- with the Super Sons, like him and, him yeah. and Damien. So I didn't get to read any of his stuff as Superman. But I picked up on his book and immediately was just I was in it. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think they're doing a good job. And you were talking about Night Terrors, which I'm excited to see what they do, just because it Mm. does feel like it is not a, even though it's taking over the books for a month or two, it doesn't, it's not one of the things like what Marvel does with their events or what they used to do. I don't know if they do it as much now as they did for a long time, where Marvel would have an event and every event, this is going to change the Marvel universe forever. And events can be fun if it's just something to just a crossover and, you know, it's something for you to enjoy a story. But when everything has those big like universe ending stakes, it gets exhausting. And oh, I, don't, I don't want to read all those. So I, yeah. I think that uh, I think that they're really doing a good job with um, with this whole initiative. And um, and so I wanted to ask you, what's been your favorite book so far that you've read? Um, well, it's probably. Probably Superman. Um, followed extremely closely by Green Arrow, which I had ready to go, and I have not read it yet. I wanted to read Green, read Green Arrow before we got on tonight, and I didn't get to because I know you really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I've never I've never read a Green Arrow book before. Like I oh, like, yeah, I enjoyed the show, and I've mm-hmm. read Green Arrow in team up books and things like that, but I've never read just a an Oliver Queen specifically. This is his solo book. And uh, so I'm going to have to give that a shot. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I will say that it's it's one that you have to let the story play. There's two. There's been two issues of Green Arrow mm-hmm. come out. The first one was good, and the artwork was fantastic. But it's a little confusing because there's like you know Oliver is in this other weird place, and we don't know why. And then these other characters vanish, and we don't know what happened. But issue two starts to explain a little bit more and then i'm sure issue three will more and more and more as the issues come out so it is a little bit confused that's that's probably the only thing that that kept it from being perfect for me is like I, when i was done i was like wait a minute what what just happened <laughs> but issue two explained a little bit we still don't have all the answers so it's one of those that you know you just got to be patient you know it's a story it's not you're not it's the first issue it's the second issue you're not supposed to have all the answers if you'll just read it um you know and and just let the let the let the writer cook, as the young people say. Um, you know, it's Joshua Williamson, so he he and he's great. He's the guy riding Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you know, just be patient with it, and it'll all come out eventually. Yeah, I plan on picking up it, or at least reading everything. I love the DC Universe or DC mm-hmm. Infinite Universe app. We've talked about it before. Oh yeah, how how it's it's, great. Uh, it's incredible, and also 
I don't know if every issue has done this, but Kindle Unlimited has like every number one issue that I've looked at has been free on Kindle oh, on nice. Amazon. So I thought that was really great because I wanted to I wanted to read Titans number one because I was really excited about the idea of a new Titans book. Yeah. And uh, my my local shop, there are not a lot of DC fans in our area. And so okay. unless you're ordering it ahead of time, they're not yeah. making DC orders. And I didn't know whether I was going to get it. So I didn't, you know, I didn't order it. So I, I I was able to find it online and I was really surprised that it was, that it was free. And then I was kind of looking around the like green lantern was free. Superman was free. And, That's awesome. Uh, I didn't know that the, the Amazon or Kindle was doing that. Yeah. So if anybody's got Kindle and you want to check out this Dawn of DC push, then most of those issue number ones were free on there. Also on, they, they showed up really quick on DC infinite, like faster than, than the other ones did the, those, these issue number ones. Like I read, yeah, uh, the Superboy issue, I think maybe a week or two after it had come out. Well, so the Superboy Man of Tomorrow, that was a series that was born out of their round robin thing that they do like once uh-huh. a year. I don't know if they, they I don't think they've done it this year, but where users could vote. They say, hey, here's a whole bunch of books from a whole bunch of creative teams. And every week you vote, it's like a bracket. Uh-huh. So the Superboy Man of Tomorrow was the series that won last year. And though they always release those series digital first. So actually that the Superboy Man of Tomorrow book comes out a week before comic shops oh, get nice. it physically. Well, there you go. I was and, wondering uh, why that was out so early on DC Infinite. Yeah. So even if you don't have the ultra uh, like the ultra tier, it's just there. Like it's yeah. it's day and day or actually a week early <laughs> than than physical books. Yeah. For for every for everybody who subscribes. Do you do the ultra tier? I don't DC? do the ultra tier because I do I, I was doing Marvel Unlimited, DC Infinite, and Comicsology. I've dropped mm-hmm. Comicsology because that company seems like it's just <laughs> just knocking on the door of death. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, but since I had all three of them, I didn't do anything more than just the yeah baseline. Yeah, I would. You know, I would. I will say, I I love the Ultra Tier. Like it's so. You know, I mean, a lot of books. Um like you said, they come out earlier than mm-hmm. the, than the one month lag time. And then I, there's several that I do enjoy, but um, it's like, I don't really need it right now. And uh, mm-hmm. waiting one month isn't so bad. And it's like, I really, I feel like it's already paid for itself in the money that I've saved from books. I would have bought physically otherwise. So, right. Yeah. I I've, I've thought about it a few times, but like you said, I don't mind the, the waiting for a month. Mm-hmm. Because I've got so many other things that I'm doing, like with, sure, yeah, <laughs> with with Nerd Initiative, because I do the I review Iron Man, I am Iron Man, and now I'm re- reviewing the Avengers run. Oh yeah, that, that just started, was which was amazing, by the way. It oh, was good, yeah, it. it was so good. <laughs> I liked uh, it. it. Oh, I loved it. Uh, but because of those, those are the ones I'm like, all right, I've got to get those when they come out, and yeah. so you know, I'll I'll I can wait on the uh, on the DC stuff, except for Superman and Green Lantern. Now I'll I'll get those yeah. as soon as they come yeah. out. And did you did so? What did you think about the Green Lantern book? I loved it. I really enjoyed it because Green Lantern for the longest time, ever since, and as much as I love the Jeff Johns book, he's the reason why this has happened. Ever since Jeff Johns left, the Green Lantern titles have kind of been really wavering on their storytelling and on their popular popularity because Jeff Johns. I loved his run and I loved everything that happened around his run. And it ended on a really satisfying note. It was like writers after that had no idea where to go with it. And they were trying to bring up new things and they were trying to get to what he was doing because he had been on it for what, like nine years. I think he was on that book. 
And so writers that came after them while they did their best were, were trying to do these big grand scope things and it just didn't work. And then Grant Morrison got on there and did what Grant Morrison always does. I don't care if you're, I, I can't, I can't with Grant Morrison. I never have been able to, I cannot stand his writing. I know he's incredible or they are incredibly talented, but I, I, I just, I can't, it's not, it's yeah, not my I'm, style. I'm not smart enough. I think for Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely brilliant, incredible writer, but I just don't like the stories that, that they tell. Um, but so I was really, even though I'm disappointed because it's Hal, because mm-hmm. Hal Jordan's not my my Green Lantern. You know, I I was born in '85. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rayner's been my Green Lantern my entire life, and um, and so, but I really enjoyed this this story that they're telling, where he's he's it basically. I mean, they've got the backup with John Stewart going home, which I thought was really neat, and I'm interested to see what they do with that. But I really like the idea of getting Green Lantern back on Earth. And letting him be a superhero instead of a space cop. You know what? That's the exact same thing I said uh, oh, yeah. to my my buddy at my comic shop when this came out. I was like, you know, I, I understand that the Greenlanders are space cops, and and I, you know, there's been so many great stories of mm-hmm. a- any of the Green Lanterns like out in space meeting all these alien races, but but I said the exact same thing. I was like, it's kind of cool that he's on Earth and he's a superhero mm-hmm. again instead of a instead of a space car. I said the exact same thing because that's, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I, Hal Jordan's my favorite because he was uh Greenland when I was a kid, you know, the super right. friends cartoon and all that. Uh, and he was a superhero M- more back then, more than a space cop. And, and I was like, wow, this is, this is a classic Hal Jordan. This is really cool. The only thing I, uh, that, um, it, it's, it suffers from what I call setup syndrome and a lot of these number one issues do where not a lot happens because mm-hmm. they have to lay the foundation for what I'm sure will be a good story, but right. they're only telling it a piece at a time, you know, one month at a time. And so this one, I was like, ah, not a lot happened. It's setting things up. Like it's, it's like, I, I can't wait to get to the second issue. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants n- issue number one. I want issue number two and three, yeah. because that's when the story really gets going. So, uh, yeah, you I know, setup like, syndrome is not a bad thing, but it's no. it's a necessary thing. But it can make for some, you know, slightly less exciting issues. But it, you have to do it. Yeah, and I think that that's one thing that I've noticed with every one of these Dawn of DC titles I've read. They are incredibly quick reads. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like, you know, I keep coming back to Superman because that's the one I've read the most of. Issue four yeah. just came out um, yep. last week or whatever it was, and. Uh, each one of those, I'm a slow reader, especially when I'm reading comics, because I try and take in the panels individually yeah. while I'm reading them. And, uh, man, I feel like I'm done with a Superman issue in five minutes. It, it, it's like, it's just, it's boom, 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 boom. And the story's been a blast. But then I noticed the same thing with Green Lantern. I noticed the Superboy. I noticed the John Kent. All of them that I read, I thought, man, these are really, really quick, especially those first issues, like you said, because they are just trying to lay lay the groundwork, tell you exactly what's going on and give you just enough to want to keep reading. And uh, I think they're doing a good job with it, but it does make you want to make you really want that next issue to come like immediately. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like when that second issue of green arrow came out, I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I, that was the first one I read when I got home. I was so excited because we were now past the setup stage and now we were going to start really getting into it and we got into it, you know? And, And so, yeah, it's, it's a necessary thing. Um, I just hope that it doesn't, I hope that people realize that, you know, I always get nervous, like, oh, gosh, people are going to read this and think that it's boring. But, you know, you got to you got to give it time. You know, I just hope people, you know, are willing to do that. Yeah. And to to that, I haven't heard a lot of buzz about this like I expected there to be. Has there 
been I, you you run in a little bit more circles than I do with that. H- have you heard a lot of buzz for these for for these issues? Um, eh, earlier, not so much now that they're into it. You know, mm-hmm. we're um, you know, now that th- there was a lot of buzz around or before any of them came out. Um, and then when I think Action Comics ten fifty one was technically the first one. Um, but then, you know, Superman came out and, um, but now that they're actually, now that several of them have come out and we're halfway through the year, it's starting to, I don't want to say it's dying off because it's not, but it's just like, we're, we're just, we're just in it now. You mm-hmm. know, there, we, we've gotten several of these now, so it's just the thing that DC's doing now. Yeah. They're not really having to hype it anymore because it's been out there and now they're putting out the books. Yeah. I, I am curious to see what it's, how they're, how their numbers are are doing with this because you know that new you know new number ones always have a nice little bump in sales mm-hmm. because everybody wants to get that number one issue but i am curious to see how it plays out throughout the year of like retaining readers and uh and just you know what their market share is going to be i don't know how dc has done i know for a long time i don't really look at it anymore but i know for a long time marvel was kind of dominating like they still are i mean are they still dominating yeah and and it's weird because like we don't get a whole lot of um sales numbers from dc like lunar Mm -hmm. distributor doesn't release those you can see uh monthly sales charts on comicron and you know dc books are on there and of course the you know batman and stuff are always up high but uh um but yeah i'm just i'm the same way i'm like i would love to know uh if um, you know, if people are are, are glomming onto this. So what's really interesting, you know, Green Arrow started as a six issue miniseries. And mm-hmm. right when the first issue came out, it already got extended to a 12 issue because I guess the buzz was there. The the hype was there. You know, DC believed in it. And I feel like and I kind of don't think it's a bad thing um, that uh, a lot of these are, you know, DC's kind of adopting this thing now. A lot of things are starting as miniseries. Mm hmm. And, you know, Poison Ivy was a success story, six issues, then 12 issues, and then extended into an ongoing. And that's I feel like that's kind of what they're experimenting with now. And I think that's a good thing because it that way you don't expect more. If if sales aren't great, then you get your six issue story and that's it. If if sales are good, uh, then it gets extended. I, I would just rather hear about a book getting extended because the sales were good rather than hearing about a book getting canceled early because the sales were bad. Yeah, so, I was going to. I was actually going to bring up Poison Ivy because mm-hmm. I feel like that there have been more and more stories coming out of DC lately. And, it, you know, it may only be two or three, but it feels like more than I've ever heard from them. Uh, yeah, this was a six issue miniseries. And you know what? Everybody loved it. We're extending it to a year. And I feel like that's happened with a couple of titles, not just Poison Ivy. I can't pull them off the top of my head right now. But I do. I agree with you. I think that's first off. I think that's what they should be doing, because that way. All right, if they if they set out at the beginning of the story and say we're going to give you six issues, that allows the creative team to tell an entire story that they want to tell. Mm. And then, you know, before it gets too late into that timeline, if they're going to extend it, then they have time to come up with their story moving forward because I hate getting into a comic that the editor or the publisher just gives up on and they have to cancel yeah. the book early. I uh I met the co-writer and artist and I cannot remember his name and I feel awful about it. Uh Perez is his last name um, of the Nova series that came out a few years back with Richard Ryder and when they brought Richard Ryder back from the dead and they only got I think six or seven issues and uh, I had him I was talking to him he was signing my my 
my comic and I told him how much I loved this, the story and I hated that it ended so early. And he said, yeah, we had, we had the story ready to go. Uh, you know, they pulled the plug on it. And I feel like that happens way too frequently where mm-hmm. they have a story and then they, they change their mind after the fact. And then the creative team has to rush to try and finish it. And uh, I think that it's much smarter from a publishing point of view to have a set parameter. Here's how many issues you're going to get with the possibility we may extend it instead of, okay, give us an ongoing book that we're going to cut after six months. Yeah. And, you know, Joshua Williamson, uh, right before Green Arrow came out, he, you know, was talking about it on Twitter and said, we've got our six issue story planned out, but I really hope the sales are good because we know what we want the next story to be, the Mm -hmm. next arc. Um, but we don't know if we'll get to tell that story. You know, this was now, now they will get to now that it's been announced, it's going to be 12 issues. So, but, um, but they, even if they hadn't got to tell that second story, we know we wouldn't have gotten short. Well, we would have gotten our whole story, but they want to be able to tell the next one. And, you know, so I thought that was, you know, I, I just like the idea of pl- planning small. Cause you know, I mean, I, as much as I love comics, as much as I like to say that sales are, are good, which I think they are, but, um, but but it's also unpredictable and it also is dictated by the sales and if people aren't buying a book then it's going to get canceled so i i like the idea of starting small being cautious and then you know if things are good then then you just keep going and it's funny because marvel is marvel's not doing that but i feel like marvel's doing a different approach where they're just they they have so many five issue mini series that they mm-hmm. release um and a lot of them are you know set back in the continuity of like books from the 90s um, so, you know, Marvel's pushing the five issue miniseries thing, uh, and DC is pushing, you know, like a six issue short run that might get extended later. Like they're both sort of taking, um, different approaches to shorter storytelling. Yeah. And I'm glad that both companies seem like they're trying out some new things, um, like with, with different characters. And I know that Marvel's doing it a lot because they're pushing along with like characters that they're bringing onto the big screen. Like the fact that Echo is in a book right now even though Mm -hmm. she's sharing a book with daredevil i think that that's great and um i feel like dc is doing it better than marvel because they've expanded to so many people like you said they're getting away from the bat family not that they're not going to be there i mean there's always going to be batman there's always going to be detective comics because you know you're not going to get rid of your most popular character that's crazy but the fact that they are actually putting time into characters like Doom Patrol when their series, their TV show is now over. And yet here we are, we're pushing forward with a new number one with Doom Patrol. Peacemaker got a book. You know, it's it's even though I don't know that Peacemaker is part of the Dawn of DC imprint or You're talking about Peacemaker tries hard? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's a black label book. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't um, think so that was part of Dawn of DC, but it came out. I will say real, I will say real quick, that book is fantastic is it it is so good like the first issue hit dc universe uh the dc universe app on the on i think it's under the ultra thing so um i read it and i loved it and the second issue just came out uh this past tuesday i actually got to read it a few days early for a video i did with my lcs and i oh my gosh it is so good (laughs) it is like it's it's just like the show like if you like the show you'll Mm -hmm. like the book it's it's crude humor a lot of the language and stuff peacemakers kind of a dummy but he's still you know like capable there's good action like it's great yeah i'm gonna have to read it i i was really surprised like i've never seen peacemaker in a comic book okay before suicide squad came out and the show yeah and then and so i was reading titans number one 
And if you remember in Titans number one, Peacemaker shows up after the big like yeah. kaiju battle at the at the power plant or whatever. And I I was taken aback for a second to remind myself, oh yeah, this isn't just like a John Cena character that James Gunn came up. This is an actual comic book character that has a yeah. history and that is actually a part of this universe. But for some reason, my brain was so disconnected with that because I've never seen him on a page. It right. really took me a second to to pop up. And then I and then I found out that he had a like his own title right now. And I, I really like I, I've yet to read like a black label book that I haven't enjoyed. Same. I, th- I think yeah, well, that most, of, most of them. Yeah, I think that they're doing a great job. And so I'm I'm gonna have to check that out. But yeah, yeah it, was, video... it was so surprising with with how my brain just went from wait, wait a minute. Let's pe- oh yeah, oh yeah. That's a DC. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah, he's supposed to be there. That makes sense for him to be there. And I made a video talking about the black label books, which which I started thinking about because of the Peacemaker book and how I, I'm glad that they exist because when you see that black label, you can just forget everything mm-hmm. that you know about a character. Because in in Peacemaker tries hard, he's a lot like he, he's exactly like he is in the show, but in Titans, um, and in like the Suicide Squad book that he was in before that, like he's not dummy. He's not a dummy at all. He's very like he's he's working for Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. and he's very stern and serious, and like uh, you know, almost like a grumpier nick fury i guess i don't know but uh, like and it's two completely opposites and but because that black label is on that book it's like oh i can totally buy now that there's two different versions of peacemaker because this one's black label and it can do whatever it wants to do yeah yeah, yeah and, and i it, it is it's easy to do that's like uh what was it uh batman the last night that came out a few years back did you read that one that was the black label oh. book where it was uh kind of a post-apocalyptic type of thing. Joker's head was in a jar. Oh, not yet. I have the hardcover. I don't have. So it was excellent and confusing until I realized, okay, this has nothing to do with main continuity. Cause that was like one of the first black label books that I had read. Mm -hmm. And then I read like Superman year one that they did a few years back. And I actually enjoyed that story because it wasn't a main continuity story. I could, this is just something different An early, early, you know, adventure with Clark. And, uh, and I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that those, those are so good because you don't have to worry about continuity. You can just yeah. enjoy those as standalone stories with characters that you love. And I mean, look at all the, the Batman, like the white Knight books from Sean mm-hmm. Gordon Murphy, white Knight, curse of the white Knight, white beyond, I don't, this newest one, I don't, I haven't read it yet, but, um, like it's, it's only, it's, it's, it's probably the biggest of all of, cause it's almost, it's built its own little world over mm-hmm. here in the corner and, yeah, those those are great too. So I mean, like, you know, between all the black label stuff and all the Donna DC stuff, like DC for me is just like firing on all cylinders right now. Like I I'm loving everything they're doing. Um, you know, not to make it a Marvel versus DC thing because I'm a huge fan of both, but for me right now, DC is a little bit more enticing for me. Like I'm enjoying them a little bit more. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, which is interesting because, like I said, I haven't. I this is the first time in years that I've bought an ongoing DC book. And while I'll always love Iron Man and I'll always love the Avengers, those are those are stories and team and characters that are so connected with me and my my childhood that I'll always be buying those. I am more excited to see what DC's doing month to month mm-hmm. right now. Because, you know, Spider-Man is Spider-Man right now. X-Men is everywhere with eight thousand different books. And I have <laughs> right. no idea where where to even begin with X-Men. And so DC with this this new publishing like publishing it, it it just it's working. It it's really working for me. 
And my only concern with it is, are they going to, are they going to stick with this way of doing stories and this way of publishing and this, that I know that the initiative is supposed to last what a year. Like the idea is that it's a, a, a year of Dawn of DC, right? Um, I think so. I mean, I hope, hopefully that just means like the banner on the covers. Right. Like hopefully like they just, like I said, I, I wish I could just find whoever's in charge and say, just don't stop doing this. Right. You know, I hope it, it's not only this for a year and then it's like some other crisis and it's like, Oh, here we go again. You know? And that's, you know, um, I do want to put the the big caveat on there, the big asterisk that says, even though I love Dawn of DC and I think they're doing everything right right now, Rebirth in 2016, all the Rebirth stuff was pretty good in the beginning too, and it kind mm-hmm. of started to fall apart. So we might look back on a on this in a year and say, man, that started strong. What happened? It's all falling apart now. But as of right now, I feel like they have hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and you bring that up, and I know that new that New 52 has a lot of hate for it, and I get it, but it brought in a bunch of new readers at the beginning. People were, were excited to see what they were doing. And then it fizzled out pretty quick. So I am crossing my fingers that they're going to stick with the, their, their way of storytelling that they're doing right now. You know, I don't expect them to keep the banner all year long. I don't expect them to never do a big crossover event again, where it's a big universe ending thing, but if they can keep the stories centered on the characters, Mm -hmm. because I think that is what's really working for this right now. Is when I read when I read Green Lantern, I was reading a story about Hal Jordan. I wasn't reading a story about Hal Jordan and the core. Yeah, it was it was him. And you know the same thing with, I mean the the Superboy comic. The whole point of that story is that he doesn't know where his place is, and you it was it was specifically about like him trying to figure out what he wants to do. And I think as long as they remember that that in these solo books, these need to be solo characters dealing with their own thing and dealing with. And being true to the characters, like Superman to me, this is the most Superman has felt like the way I feel Superman should feel in a long time. Now, granted, yep. I haven't read World's World's Finest. I know that you you and oh, many other people the, love it. <laughs> that's the best book they're doing. I, right? and I know. I've got to read it. it. That You know, that's not a Dawn of DC book because it started before all this. Mm-hmm. But like that book, I feel like that book, like that DC, there's your blueprint right there. And I feel like maybe that kind of sort of is what they're doing like i mean it's just it feels so classic and all of these books feel classic it's like bringing the classic characters back and putting the focus on the characters and not these big heavy stories but you know the world's finest stories are just fun they're fun stories they're action adventure and that's what a lot of the the dawn of dc stuff is so like you know worlds yeah we're oh my gosh you got to read world's fine i I will (laughs) It's my favorite book on all the stands, all the publishers. It's my A number one favorite across everything. I will. I've. It's another one of those things where I'm looking at my phone and I've got it like right there, ready to go, and I just don't have the time to to devote yeah. to reading it. And so I will. And then I'm sure I'm going to love it, and then I'm going to collect it in like a trades or yeah. or like an omnibus when it comes out. But um, but yeah, I. I just I, I keep going back to Superman when I'm talking about Dawn of DC because of that very first issue. Mm-hmm. that that page where um where i think he stops somebody he's he saves somebody with his cape and his cape spreads out across like a like the the full page and you yeah. just see all of these different things and then the the wedding montage like a couple yep. of pages later, later that was fantastic and it just it felt like in all honesty it felt like superman from superman and lois Mm-hmm. Because because Tyler Hecklin's Superman, I, I'm pointing at my TV. This one, <laughs> I'm like just pointing, like I've got him in the back room. Um, it's, Tyler Hecklin's performance from Superman and Lois is what I think the 
the blueprint for like Superman should be on the big screen when they do yeah. Superman um, Legacy because I think he he pulls it off so well. And I feel like that's the character I'm reading when I'm reading the Superman book because we get smiling Superman back for God's sake. Yeah, he's sitting there arguing with Lex Luthor when Lex is talking because Lex knows that he's hearing him while he's in prison. Yeah. And and going about it, I did a, a video about it a little while back about how they're letting Superman save the world the way that he thinks he should by being kind, by being by being bold, and by being strong enough to be gentle to steal, you know, uh, Optimus Prime's line. And uh, and I, I love that they're doing that. And that feels like, to me, the biggest compliment to Dawn of DC that I can think of is that they let Superman smile. They yeah. let him they let him be a hero. He doesn't have to be the injustice Superman or, you know, Ultraman or or Homelander from the boys. They, they're actually letting these characters be the version that I think people have desperately wanted to read for a long time. Yeah. And they, in, in that Superman book, um, there's so many great moments with Clark and Lois mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and especially what's going on with, with Spider-Man. It's like that. It's so refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air to just see the two of them together. And, and, you know, and, and I think Lois is great. Like they have the best relationship in all of comics, in my mm-hmm. opinion, you know, because Superman flies off and he's gone in space for a week or a month or whatever. And I mean, not necessarily in this story, but like when it happens, you know, Lois right. is like, yeah, he always comes back. Yeah, he'll be back. I'm not, I'm not too worried. He'll be back. He's off saving the galaxy. Like I just, you know, but when he does come back, he, you know, he comes back to her. I just, I just love it. Like the, there's everything is right with that book, the art and the colors. And yeah, that's, 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 it's a fantastic, like that should be DC's number one tops. Well, world's finest, but <laughs> after world's <laughs> finest, like Superman should be like their top seller because it's just, it feels so classic. Like I've mm-hmm. said before that it, I haven't felt that, this this feels like the most classic Superman to me since John Byrne in 1986. Yeah. Um, that's that's what it that's what it feels like to me. And and that was the was that the Man of Steel. Yeah, that's right after that that... that's right after Christ on Infinite Earth yeah. when John Byrne redid and and to me like that's that's my Superman. I think of John Byrne Superman. I think it's the end of the la- I can't remember if it's the last page of the first issue of Man of Steel or the I think it is where Superman is flying and he's flying like this, leaving the farm, you know, and he's got a big smile on his face. That to me is Superman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this Superman we have right now is the closest to that, that we've had since that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That man of steel was great. I, I don't think yeah. I read that entire run, but I did read at least the, like the first story arc that they did. I don't remember how, how many he did, but yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't have a lot more to say, man. I'm really, I'm really enjoying this and I'm really surprised at how much I am. And I'm really happy that they are, that they're doing this and that they were brave enough to do it because I feel like this is exactly what they needed to do mm-hmm. um, because they desperately needed some new, new readers and they needed something other than, and I don't want to say, because I don't want to make a bunch of people mad, but they needed something other than like the Zack Snyder fanboy crowd reading yeah. their books. Absolutely. And uh, and I think this was a, a really brilliant push for them to do. And I really hope that they continue uh, continue on with it. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, um, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, when they announced the the ultra tier to DC Universe Infinite, I was like, hey, this is awesome. I'm going to I'm going to sign up for the ultra tier. I only have to wait a month for books. 
I am going to trim my DC pull list down to almost nothing because I can wait a month to read all this stuff. And then I think it was less than a year, maybe a year or less later, they started announcing Dawn of DC and then the book started coming out. And I was like, wait a minute. I just signed up for a thing so that I could, so that I could like read everything for free, you know, not free, but for the price of a subscription. Mm -hmm. But now I'm loving every single book that they're putting out and I don't want to wait that month. So it's like, wait a minute, they're, they're doing too good of a job now, you know, like everything that they put out is like, I just want to read it right now. I mean, there's, there's a few things that I can wait, but um, like one, one thing we didn't talk about is doom patrol. I Mm -hmm. think you mentioned a minute ago, I have never read a doom patrol book before. And it's probably neck and neck with my second favorite with Green Arrow right behind Superman. It is so unbelievably good. And it's quirky. Um, and it, it's but like I don't know really a whole lot about the characters other than who they are. And you know, I know of the Doom. I've just never read any. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll I'll just give it a shot. And I love it. It's so good. We've had three or three issues, I think. Um, and it's wonderful. Like they're just <laughs> like everything they touch turns to gold. The only one I, I uh, didn't really love was Cyborg. Uh, yeah, and I it didn't was one read of those. That one yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it and it suffers from setup syndrome too, where not a whole lot happened, but it just didn't really speak to me. I just think Cyborg works better as part of the Titans. Um, I just I just never could get behind him solo, even when he's you know all the new Fifty Two stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I'll I'll keep up with that one on the DC app, but um, other than that one, like I just can't. Like I want to read them all right when they come out, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I meant to trim my DC list, pull my my DC pull list to almost nothing, but now it's I'm buying more DC than anything else. <laughs> yeah, because it's so good. Yeah, it is. It's excellent. Like yeah. I said, I haven't had a DC book on my pull list in years and years and years, and and now I've got two, and I will probably yeah. end up with more than that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree with you about Cyborg. I think he's better in a team. In mm-hmm. general, I don't care if it's Justice League or Titans, although I think he's better on Titans. So I haven't read that one because I was like, eh. I mean, it looks interesting. And I'll get around to it eventually. And I still haven't read Doom Patrol either. I'm I'm being bad. I need to I need to get on it. I can at least read yeah. the first couple on. on yeah. That, yeah, that one's that one's really, really good. Like, it's fun. It's it's just weird. Like, it's not it's not really superhero. It's more like um, it kind of reminds me of like Ninja Turtles in the. Uh, in the probably mid part of the nineties, when they started releasing all these different characters, all these just different crazy mutations, like all of the, there's so many characters in doom patrol. that are just these weird, like creatures, <laughs> you know, right. it's almost like a monster thing. And, <clears throat> but it's, it just works. Like, it's just so the art's really good. I just, I like it so much. It's really fun. It's, it's fun. That's what a lot of these books are is they are fun, which is what comic books should be. Yeah. Like you have a good time reading them, you know? Oh yeah, Absolutely. All right, man. Well, that is uh, that was everything I wanted to hit. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we uh, before we wrap this up? No, just I, I highly recommend it. If anybody's looking to you know get in on some DC, any of these books are a great jumping on point. Like you said, they do. There are references to things that happened before because those things still did happen. It doesn't reset continuity or anything, mm-hmm. so they still mention it. But the stories aren't based on or or don't hinge on your knowledge of those things. Right. They mention it, but then they go off and do their own thing. Yeah, so, it's like know, a, it, it's like a quick little exposition. Yeah, like uh, I was reading the um, the John Kent book, uh, Adventures of Superman, John Kent or whatever it's called, and uh, he was there with his boyfriend, and I can't remember his boyfriend's name, 
Uh, but there was a throwaway line from his boyfriend saying, hey, I know that, you know, you're enjoying your secret identity, but everybody knows me as Superman's boyfriend. And he yeah. had like the hat and glasses on. Yeah. And I was like, OK, so nobody knows who John Ken is anymore. Cool. Now I know that he's got a secret identity and he can he can go about and I don't need to think about that ever again. Yeah. And uh, in they've they've done little things like that. And I have like I said, I haven't felt lost or confused in any of the books that I've read. Uh, Green Lantern did the same thing. They mentioned something that happened with the Guardians and like the Federation of Planets or whatever. And mm -hmm. I just was all right. I'm in. Yeah. So, yeah. Because that's that's the kind of stuff that, you know, it's like you read that and like, OK, something did happen before. I don't need to know about it to enjoy this story, but maybe I want to come back later mm -hmm. and learn about it. Maybe I do want to find those books and figure it out. And then when you read that story, you almost treat it like a prequel because like, mm -hmm. oh, it's a prequel to this story. So, you know, it's you know, you don't need to know it, but maybe you want to find out later. But you just you just don't need to know it now, which I think is really right. important. Right. But yeah. So anybody. Like a... oh, go ahead. I was going to say it's almost like like an editor's note. Yes. Yeah. As a line of dialogue instead of a little bubble down in the corner of the of the panel. Yeah, Absolutely. But yeah, anybody wanting to get in on DC, just get any one of these books, you know, get the first issue because uh, they're it's still early on and just and just have fun because they are fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Matt, you want to tell anybody anything you want to plug or uh, let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, you can just follow me on pretty much any social platform at Bumpkins TV. It's spelled like pumpkins, but with a B Bumpkins TV, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same. Awesome. That's there will be it. links. There will be links to uh, to his social medias in the description of this episode. Nice. Um, so again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, I was excited to uh, excited to talk some comics with you. It's always a blast. So so. Oh yeah, again. absolutely. Yeah, the minute you said Donna, do you want to talk Donna DC? I was like, oh boy, how much time you got? <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, ring the notification bell. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening to the original version of this show. Make sure that you rate and review us if you have not. That really helps us out. Follow us on all the social medias. Uh, please check out our merch store, support the show. And we once again want to thank the sponsor of this show. Brittany's Brick Oven Pizza, Bebops. If you're in Southern Indiana, go check them out. They are truly the most delicious pizza in town. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you again for my wonderful guest, for Matt. I have been Derek. This has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, and we will see you next time. Yay!